I want to talk about something in this podcast that may be radical to you. It just depends. The idea is confidentiality. Confidentiality within a Christian worldview is a biblical anomaly. Did you know that? Confidentiality is a biblical anomaly. What I mean is that it's a cultural idea that has crept into a Christian's way of thinking about relationships and communication. I want to debunk that notion. Perhaps if you have been so deeply enmeshed in the culture, this will be radical for you, but I want to free you. I want to give you a better way of thinking about communication. The title of the podcast is When Confidentiality is smuggled into Christianity. If you want to read this podcast, you can do that. Go to my website, rickthomas.net. By the way, I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net, and you can read this podcast on that website. The same title, When Confidentiality is Smuggled into Christianity. This is an important idea because I think we all can do better at communicating. And confidentiality is one of those ideas that is a part of how we communicate. And so I want to get into that. But first, I want to thank Jerry for becoming a supporting member of our ministry. Jerry supported us a while back, and he came back this week, and he's now supporting us at $5 a month. Thank you so much for doing that, Jerry. And then we had another member who was supporting us at $10 a month, but he needed to change that. Did you know you could do that? And so he emailed and said, hey, I would love to support you, but I can't support at $10 a month. Can we make it 5 And yes, you can. And so now he is supporting us at $5 a month. Carla also started supporting us in the month of August at $5 a month. And then also Irene is supporting at $30 a month. So thank you for those of you who are supporting our ministry. Uh, We also have content behind our paywall plus our private forums that you can chat on. And so thank you for doing that. It takes about $15,000 a month to Uh, support this ministry. That's what we need to run it. We're in process of hiring somebody, so that's going to go way up. But we need your support. So if you can, I would appreciate it that you would put us on your list. Maybe your pastor can do that as a church. We're doing missional work. Our content goes into every country in the world. We are nomadic missionaries in cyberspace spreading the gospel all over the world. Perhaps your church would like to help partner with us. I would love to talk to you about that. Please have your pastor or some leader from your local church to call, and we would love to discuss it with you. The more hands helping, the more we can accomplish. As I have said A few times in the past, I have more ideas than I can financially implement, and so we won't go in debt to run this ministry. And so if the support comes in, we are able to accomplish more. So thank you so much for helping us in this great gospel adventure that we are on. 
I said that confidentiality is a biblical anomaly. An anomaly is something that deviates from an expected norm. That is a good definition for an anomaly. It, it deviates from an expected norm. And confidentiality in our world, it deviates from the expected Christian norm, which begs the question, what is our expected norm? What is our Christian expected standard? Our standard, what we have, is more challenging and more comprehensive than confidentiality. The truth is confidentiality is too narrow, is too myopic. It's not big enough to cover what you need to cover. It's a sad word because it doesn't work. Let, let me give you some other words, some biblical words, and I'm going to unpack this more as I get further down in the podcast. But just to give you an example, here are some better words than confidentiality. Christians don't gossip. Christians don't slander, backbite. Christians don't devour one another. What I've done is I've taken confidentiality and I've just I've blown it up and and, and what I, I brought out of it are better words, biblical words, more comprehensive, more in-depth words that gives us better strategies and better boundaries to think about this idea of communication. The expected norm is that Christians seek to build each other up, or what the Bible calls edification. So it's not that, that we just don't gossip, don't slander, don't backbite, or devour one another. That's the put off. But what we do, what we put on is edification. But more than that, we use self-control. We use discretion regarding how we talk about others. Ironically, the Bible does not speak specifically to the confidentiality concerns of counseling. And the reason for this is because well, counseling is not a Christian historic norm either. Once we go outside the parameters of do, doing discipleship, which counseling and our cultural understanding of counseling is outside of those parameters, we have to create other baggage like confidentiality. Now, all of a sudden, counseling is the norm and confidentiality is the norm, but historically, discipleship in the context of the local church is the biblical approach to helping others. Christian counseling has in some ways supplanted the biblical norm of discipleship in the framework of the local church, which is part of why we have the confidentiality concept. Because of this, the culturally informed practice of confidentiality has become the expected norm. And sadly, even in the local church. I was talking to a pastor about this a few years ago and just laying out some of these ideas, and he, he was surprised. He shook his head and said, I can't believe how far off we are as a church. How did we get here? He had fallen asleep at the wheel, and he began to imbibe cultural norms and his way of thinking about things was confidentiality, which became not only an anomaly, as I said, but also narrow. 
and he was released. He was freed to think more biblically about communication. It is surprising that many Christians are more aware of cultural expectations and believe in them than biblical instruction. It's like the theory of evolution supplanting biblical creationism. We just fall asleep at the wheel and we imbibe on what the culture is is giving us. We're buying what they are selling and and that becomes the new norm. Now, in the spirit of accommodation, Christian counselors have taken the term confidentiality and fitted it with a more biblical definition. We do use the word because we do Christian counseling. And so in a spirit of accommodation, what we have is in our informed consent form at the Counseling Solutions Group, which is our legal name, we have generally how most Christian counselors explain their understanding and practice of confidentiality. I want to read a snippet from our informed consent form, which you can find on our counseling page on our website, rickthomas.net. Because people come to us wanting counseling, not discipleship, we do have to accommodate, but still yet we explain our perspective on confidentiality. And here's a snippet, quote, information disclosed in counseling sessions will be held confidential only as the counselor believes the Bible or the state requires. Absolute confidentiality is not scriptural. In certain circumstances, the Bible requires the disclosure of certain facts to selected others. The biblical reference here is Matthew 18, 15 through 20. If your church leadership should inquire, we will disclose to them only that information that we believe is necessary for them to effectively and biblically fulfill their responsibility to shepherd you. However, your counselor will inform you, if possible, of such decisions beforehand. That's two paragraphs from our informed consent form, again, that you can find on our counseling page. And before we counsel someone, we have them to sign off on that. But the biblical norm is something different. The Bible does not have to accommodate cultural expectations because it has something better. It uses biblical language that is clear, to the point, unarguable, and it releases Christians to be free in how they share their problems with other believers. I've already given you a few of those words, but here's a short list of biblical categories that safeguard any person from being sinned against by the improper use of the tongue. Gossip, slander, unwholesome speech, biting and devouring, whisperers, and malice. These few are just a sampling, and there are more categories than these in the Bible. The Bible is fantastic. It takes confidentiality and blows it up and makes communication even more challenging. In James, we have an entire chapter devoted to the tongue. James chapter 3. And there are at least 19 verses in Proverbs that talk about the tongue, and that does not count a word search that you could do on the mouth, the lips, and speech in that practical book. 
the Bible has radical anti-cultural ideas about how we use our tongues. What it offers is far better than what confidentiality provides. Our greatest restriction to the tongue, here's the capper, here's the overarching statement, our greatest restriction to tongue misuse is sin. That's our greatest restriction. That covers every category. You cannot sin. That swallows up confidentiality and everything else. To talk improperly about another person would transgress the expected speech patterns of the Bible, which holds Christians to a higher law. See, confidentiality is like a, a, a sublunary, a sub-level. But when we start talking about how to use the tongue, how to communicate, whether it's in counseling, discipleship, or wherever, wherever it may be, within your marriage, within your church, your small group, when we talk about using the tongue, it transcends everything. We have the highest level of communication responsibility and stewardship. We have a higher law. God is clear about how we communicate with others. I want to share with you somewhat of a humor. Well, it's a funny story, or I thought it was funny. Let me preface it by saying this. I rarely share information about a counselee with Lucia. Uh, part of my responsibility as a husband to her is to protect her from certain things, and some of the things that I hear in counseling would not edify her. It would not build her up. I do not want her to know the gory details of people's lives. It doesn't serve her, and there's really no sound reason to share this kind of information with her. I mean, Lucia, trust me, and quite frankly, we have other things to talk about than the messiness of people's lives. I'm not interested in talking about it, and she's not interested in hearing about it, and we don't watch TMZ we don't watch entertainment tonight. If it's still on, I really have no idea. Our garbage meter can only take so much before our souls grow weary. And so we don't talk about other people like that anyway. A few years ago, a woman walked up to Lucia and said, Hi, I'm Rick's 10 o'clock on Tuesday mornings. The lady assumed Lucia knew all about her life. The truth was that Lucia had no idea who she was or anything about her life. I told Lucia that she should have rolled her eyes and said something like, Oh, my word. So you're that woman. My, my, my. And then walked off shaking her head. Now, I say that tongue in cheek. I did tell Lucia that, by the way. Of course, Lucia would never do that. And we were just joking. But Lucia had no clue who that person was at that time. She wouldn't have known. She would have never known that she was my Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. There are times when counselees will treat my wife oddly because they think she knows personal details about them. That's not how it works in our home. Christ is the one we prefer to discuss, not counseling cases or counselees. Typically, if we feel the need to talk about personal failure, it's more important to us to talk about our own, not other individuals. Confidentiality is more of a legal term anyhow. 
Our culture uses that term, that legal term, to impose a strict methodology regarding how they talk to or about other people. I get it. We live in a litigious world, and that's the way the world functions. The world does not have Christ, so they are compelled to harness themselves with rigid standards. It is a fear-based approach to communication that restricts authentic community. Christians are not only held to a higher standard in how we communicate to each other, but we are freer, and because of the freedom that we have in Christ, our communication is transformative. If you reduce communication to legal solutions, you will not progress in relationships because of the self-imposed regulations. But the Bible is about transformation rather than squelching discussions or squelching relationships. The Father was so intent on helping us in our communication that He sent His Son into the messiness of our lives to change us into something that is far better than we could ever imagine. Where confidentiality truncates relationships by hindering communication, the gospel presses into our lives and teaches us how to talk openly and freely. Confidentiality is sterile. It has boundaries. The gospel is messy and untamable. If the transformative gospel is not working redemptively in your life, your conversations will only evolve to the depth and extent to which you are comfortable and safe. The purpose of the gospel pushes you beyond native thinking and acting. I want to give you a short list, 11 things of some of those behaviors that the gospel provides for Christians. This is how the gospel transforms us. And as you think about this, think about how these transformative ideas change how you communicate. The first thing the gospel, well, not the first thing, these aren't in any necessary, in any particular order. But one of the things the gospel does in its transformative work is communication. God is a speaking God. He made you in his image, and because of the gospel, he removed all barriers. And you have the power, wisdom, and privilege to speak in ways that are similar to him. And so the way you communicate because of the gospel is the way God communicates. You imitate him. The gospel also provides security. Because of the gospel, you experience release from being concerned about what others think or say about you. God has saved and secured you in him. Now, I assume that the person listening to this podcast is a believer. If you are not a Christian and want to be, then please write us. We would be more than glad to, to show you how to be born a second time to be saved, as we say. But if you have been saved, you are saved and secured in him. God is for you. It should not matter what others think or say about you. And so the gospel not only teaches us how to communicate, but it provides security. Number three, self-control. Because of the work of the Spirit in your life, you can refrain from the angry sins of our tongue. The culture does not have this kind of control because they are not spirit-empowered. The gospel gives us discretion. God gives his children wisdom that is otherworldly. You can know when and how to speak. 
like Proverbs 25, 11, a, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. The gospel also teaches us about gossip. The Christian is not allowed to sinfully pass on to one person the sinful information about another person when their motive is impure. The gospel teaches us about slander. The Christian is not permitted to discredit someone else's reputation when their motive is impure. Edification. Because you have been built up in Christ through the gospel, you have the joyful privilege of serving your brothers and sisters through enriching encouragement. That's number seven. Number eight, the gospel gives us kindness. You should fill your speech patterns with the hope of the gospel. A servant is always seeking ways to serve. Kindness is an essential tool in the Christian toolbox. Number nine is confession. The gospel gives us that. You have the privilege of fixing your mess-ups. When you do mess up in your communication, if you sin against someone with your tongue, you're not stuck. You can continue to press into each other because you want to reconcile. Number 10 is forgiveness. Christians overlook sinful communication because of the forgiveness they have from Christ. A forgiven individual is always ready to forgive others, regardless of what that person has done. The gospel neutralizes and removes sin. Think of how profound these ideas are and how much better, how superior this is to that smallish word, confidentiality. And number 11 is reconciliation. Christians can go beyond confession and forgiveness by reconciling with each other. Sinful speech patterns do not permanently damage relationships, but merely give you the opportunity to continue relating in deeper and redemptive ways. Because you are in Christ, assuming, again, that you are, you have been given access to the reconciling relational treasures that our culture has no access to or no ability to enjoy. You're not of the world. And as you can see, confidentiality cannot hold a candle to the possibilities that God offers through the gospel. Let me read that list again. Communication, security, self-control, discretion, gossip, slander, edification, kindness, confession, forgiveness, reconciliation. And there are much more ways the gospel is superior to what the world provides in the area of interpersonal communication. I have merely given you a short list. What you have to decide is whether you want to separate from the world's way of thinking and behaving. Do you want to be a Christian and how you relate to others? I do admit that confidentiality is easier and less messy, but in the long run, it kills interrelational growth. Confidentiality separates people from people. The gospel reconciles people to people. Confidentiality perpetuates a culture of fear. The gospel builds a community of trust. Confidentiality tempts a person to say less. The gospel frees a person to be transparent. Confidentiality hinders a person from the pursuit of humility. The gospel emboldens an individual in the fight against pride. It is true that some people will always be mean and unkind. But the response to sin, sins of the tongue specifically we're talking about here, is not to take a cultural position or policy that negates the empowering possibilities of the Bible. To invoke cultural practices to deal with sin is unwise and unbiblical. Have you ever talked about someone behind their back? 
This is the irony of confidentiality. Of course you have. Don't sweat it. I have too. Everybody has talked about other people without their awareness or their permission. You could not function conversationally in this world without talking about others without their awareness. I talk about Hollywood stars, sports figures, and family members regularly. I talk about people in my local church and other Christians who are part of the larger body of Christ, whether it is those who are dead or those who are alive. The question should not be, do you talk about other people? That's silly. And since you can't keep yourself from talking about people behind their backs, you should be more focused on assessing your motives for why you are talking about them. That is the bigger issue, the better question to ask. And so rather than asking you, if you talk about people behind their back, let me ask you some better questions. Here are four of them. Number one, what is the purpose or intent of your heart when you speak about other people? Is your reason to build them up? Number two, what are your goal and purpose when talking about other people? Are you helping them mature in Christ? Number three, do you have affection for those people that you're talking about behind their backs? And finally, number four, in what way or how are you talking about other people? Is your speech about them redemptive? If your communication about individuals does not spread the fame of God, Or build up the other person. The problem is not about what you say primarily, but about the motivation of your heart. If your desire is to love God and others most of all, your heart will have the appropriate governor on it that will guard your tongue. I said earlier that we have this transcending, overarching restriction, and that is sin. We can't sin. So I presented the case for biblical communication in the negative. We can't sin, and so that restricts every bad thing we can possibly say. Well, let's flip that around. Here is the thing that permits you to talk about other people, and that is the great commandment, the two great commandments, to love God and love others more than yourself, to count others more significant, as Paul said in Philippians 2. And so you can take it either way. Our communication cannot sin against others, whether it's in the words we use or the motives, the intentions of our heart. That's the negative. The positive is, is that our communication must always have God's fame, God's glory in view, as well as the other person. We want to love God and others more than we love ourselves. That's taking it from the positive side. And if your desire is to love God and others, most of all, your heart will have the appropriate governor that will guard your tongue. You won't even have to think about confidentiality. If your motive is not about loving God and others supremely, it won't matter if you believe in the cultural imposed standard of confidentiality or the biblically imposed standards regarding speech. You're going to sin either way. The point is we have something that is far better. It's more difficult. It's more challenging. And if you want to take it from the negative, it's actually more restrictive The Bible's way is more restrictive than confidentiality. 
but also the Bible's way is more freeing, more relationally competent, more interactive with other people. It changes lives, and it allows us to go deeper and deeper with each other. If you want to read this podcast, I would encourage you to do that. You can read the article on the website, When Confidentiality is Smuggled into Christianity. It's a bad idea. Don't worry about following the Bible's way, because it'll keep you safe. You'll say the right things at the right times about people. And, of course, if you do mess up, you'll be able to repent, find forgiveness, reconcile. It's so comprehensive. If we can help you with this, if this is really a new idea, if you have been steeped so deeply into the cultural norms that the Bible way is an anomaly in your way of thinking, well, please write us. Go to our forums. We have public forums. They're free uh, for non-supporting members, supporting members, you can write on our private forums. Please go there and ask your questions. It would be a joy for me and our team to serve you. And let me thank you again, uh, Jerry, um, Carla, Irene. Thank you for supporting our ministry. And if you would like to support, go to the Help Us link on the navigation bar. Hover over it, and you can support as a member or you can make a donation. I would certainly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.